0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Gate Church. Guys, I want to tell you the truth. In 40 years of ministry, I have never once asked anybody to let me preach, except three days ago. I said, Gordon, can I preach at the gate this Sunday? I'll tell you why. Because I got a word. I got a word that's going to change somebody forever and ever and ever. In fact, I'm going to be bold enough to say this Word has the power to change every single one of you and your perspective forever and ever and ever. That's why in 40 years, I broke my own rule and I asked to come and preach. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus because He's here. He's here. He's here. Two old guys are lying in hospital. They're about to kick the bucket lying here in the hospital, one window, two beds. One guy's propped up at the window, and he's looking at the window. He's propped up. He's looking at the window. The other guy's flat out. He can't see a thing. You know this one, no? He knows this one. It's brilliant. He's lying flat out. He can't see a thing. The guy at the window decides one hour a day to be his eyeballs. And he says, oh, today I can see the young couples, romantic, holding hands in the park. There's three clouds in the skies, and the birds are singing where the sun is shining. Little boys are playing football, and little girls are skipping. They haven't switched genders yet. They're, little, they're, they're doing these boy and girly things. They are, they're doing these boy and girly things. And he's uh, beautiful. He's describing this whole thing for an hour every day and oh man this guy is just dreaming of the day he could look out the window too one day he wakes up his friend is gone to the by and by and he said to the nurse can you just prop me up my last few days at the window and could you just prop me up so I can look for myself he looks at the window and what do you think he saw a white brick wall if you have eyes to see, you can see through any wall. But if you don't have eyes to see, you're going to spend the rest of your life looking at white bricks. And the reason I've come to gate today, guys, is some of you have been looking at the white brick wall. That wall of fear, discouragement, that wall of depression, you can't see through that wall. But I've come to tell you. Today, the Holy Spirit is going to take you through the wall so you could live there forever and ever and That's a change of perspective. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ for that. Come on, guys. How many people know that the headlines in your newspapers and television are not the headlines? They're just the stuff on this side of the wall. That's all they are. They can't see anymore. But the guys that see through the wall see the real headlines that are going on in the supernatural realm one example multi multi million more muslims are coming to jesus in this hour than ever before in history come on let's give it up for god that's a headline and we are called to live on the other side of the wall not get frightened and scared by crazy little headlines but the holy spirit wants to come and take us through the wall. Let's call it the wall of fear. Where most believers live. He wants to take you through the wall. It doesn't matter if you're a young person. Or you're an old geezer like me. No matter. He's inviting you. You've spent long enough on the wrong side of the wall. And you're banging your head on the wall. Man, I don't know how many times I banged. Me, but he, he genuinely you know, he said, he said that we're called to live by spirit. Spirit don't live on this side of the wall. It lives in the supernatural realm. It sees where it's going and where it's not going. But I asked God a question because I wanted a word to flip every church, to flip every church I know in Scotland from this side of the wall to the other. And I've been baffled. I said, God, if you could answer one question, I'll take that message around the place. I said, I know zillions of Christians, zillions of believers around the world that come to Jesus. Oh my God, they get a dream. They get a vision for their life. They get a dream for the business, for the family, for the calling, for a dream for this and a dream for that. But before they know it, they're on this side of the wall. They're back in that place of obscurity and barrenness and financial difficulties. They're, on, they're back in that side of the wall. And I ask God, what happened to them? What happened to them? And you know those guys. You know those guys. None of these guys are here, by the way. It's just these guys, all right. <laughs> you know these guys. They're wandering in barren places in obscurity. And... And when you've been in that place, and I've been in that place, you sometimes doubt the dream God gave you. You sometimes think, well, was I just a little bit proud? You sometimes think maybe I was on too much cheese. You sometimes think maybe I've been hanging around with these crazy prophetic guys like Gordon too much. You know, maybe I've just been, you know, on the wrong station. But here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. The vision God gave you, the vision God gave you, Is not the premier movie, it's just a trailer. And the problem is, we spend our life living in the trailer. Now here's the thing, oh when God said this to me, I wanted to jump out the bed and prophesy this to everybody. Genesis 37, Joseph gets, we we all say Joseph got a dream. He didn't. He got a trailer. He just got the trailer. You know what a trailer looks like. You click on Google, three minutes. Oh, my goodness me. You get all the grandparents, 59 quid and popcorn, and you're sitting. And after 10 minutes, you realize you've just blown 59 sheets on the worst movie of your life. In no, the popcorn, you've even got salt. You wanted the sugar one. You know, you've you're been ripped. You've been stitched up. Because in a trailer, the Spielberg brothers know this, they, they only show the good bits in the trailer. You get me? And, and we only signed up for the good bits. <laughs> we only signed up for the trailer. Joseph never signed up for the pits and the prisons and the, the dodgy days in the dark. He didn't say nothing, none of that was in the trailer. God stitched him up to show him the good bits. <laughs> By the time he bought the popcorn, he was in trouble. <laughs> 59 sheets, this cost me. Listen to this dream I had. We were biting sheaves of grain out in the field, brothers, and suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. How we expected that to excite the brothers, eh? But that's what happens when you tell somebody your your dream, your vision. Everybody hates it. And if they don't hate it, it's no vision from God. Trust me, it's no. So anyway, then he had another dream. It gets better, brothers, eh? And he told his brothers, listen, I had another dream. They're like, aye, right. (laughs) Like, 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 we're excited about another one. We don't even like the first one. See, this other dream is totally brilliant. The sun, the moon, and the living stars, they were bowing down, not to any one of you plunkers, but to the man. I'm the man. Now, Joseph only got the trailer. If God had showed him the premiere of the movie, pits, prisons, marketplace, naked, stitched up, accused, Falsely, he would never have signed up. God's no daft, by the way. He's no daft. He knows you punks would never have signed up for that sucker. So he gives you the trailer. You know, ladies, when you're standing at the front of the aisle with Mr. Drop Dead Gorgeous, six feet two, spray tan, best suit on, and he's smelling like Hugo Boss. You don't need me to tell you that that's just the trailer. Ten years later, you walk up, you wake up, he's lying in his vest, snoring like a horse. He don't smell like Hugo Boss no more. In fact, his belly's bigger than Boss Hogg now. Then you go, wait a minute. I I only signed up for the trailer. My favorite one is the baby scans. You know, when you're having your first baby, nowadays you can recognize two fingers and things like that. But back in the day, my wife came home with the first scan, darling, sweetheart, have a look at this. And you look, guys, you know what it's like, guys. It's just a black and white jellyfish. <laughs> and, she's, and she's all excited, and you're pretending to be excited as well. You're going, yeah, beauty, eye. I was, Look, it's nose, it's just like mine. That's no, it's nose, that's it's toes, you idiot. I've never recognized one thing in these scans to this day. Have you ever met a woman when the baby's born and it comes out and you go, you're just like your scan? I bet you're glad the premiere is nothing like the movie, the trailer, come on guys, come on. Come on guys, but you know what? many guys are hanging on to their trailer. They're sitting in their trailer because they think that's the thing. And what happens is they're like the Israelites. When the Israelites hit some of these bumps, these tests to get them to the premier, they're like, oh, we want to go back to the cabbages. We want to go back to the trailer. You see, because you promised a land flowing with milk and honey, but you didn't tell us about all this stuff wandering around Dundee for 40 years. That wasn't in the trailer. And here's the thing. When God gave Joseph a little peek through the wall, there was no attempted murders in that peek. There was no hassles, no troubles. When you got the glimpse, that baby scan... In that picture, did you ever see one poopy nappy in those scans? Even the best scans in the world now can now show you a poopy nappy. You don't see no sleepless nights in that scan. You don't see the 14-year-old kicking your uh, TV round the living room in that scan. If you did, you may not have signed up, ladies. But this is the brilliant thing. God knows you and I are formed to rule and reign in the palace like Joseph and to get us from the trailer to the premier takes some time and tests. The problem is we think when the test comes, we think, oh, I'm screwed. That, that trailer was rubbish. That wasn't from God. Or I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I want to tell every single person in this room, your dream has not died. It's not even one day late. It's not even on the back wall. I'm telling you right now, I don't care if you're 95 or 5. God has got you on the move from your trailer to your premiere movie. And He knows. You see, if you go to Isaiah, you'll see Jesus. It talks about Jesus. It said He was like a polished arrow. Like a polished arrow. And then, what did God do next? Boom! Back in the trailer, Bible says he hid him in his quiver. Jesus, twelve-year-old, he blows the greatest brains on the planet out the temple. He's talking to these guys, the most clever people on the planet, and he blows them out of the way. He blows them. He blows them away. Twelve. If that was your boy, oh, I'd be making money of him. I'd have him on a world stage making videos and DVDs and books. He's the business. What does God do? He hides him back in the trailer for another 18 years. And then the moment comes, the dove comes, and the voice comes from heaven. He's announced on the stage, and, and Gordon's voice comes from heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased you think, that's the moment. That's the premier moment. That's the moment. What does God do? Back in the cover, in that place of obscurity, that place of darkness, that place of barreness. Forty more days. Jesus must have been climbing the walls, never been going through them, because God knows before He can release you in your premier movie, he may just have one more thing he needs to do. Can we say amen to that? Oh, man, it gets, promise you it gets better. Don't sleep just yet. But God wants us today to stop beating ourselves up because the trailer don't look like what you see now. I'll let you into secret what Joseph said when he was in the pit because he told me this himself he looked at the walls in the pit and he says this isn't what I saw (laughs) I saw the moon and the star, this isn't what I saw When you go to your work tomorrow and your boss is giving you a hard time and somebody's criticizing you and giving you a hard time, you look at them in the eyeballs and go, this ain't what I saw. (laughs) I'm made for greatness to rule and reign in the palace. And you guys know what it is to be in a dark place. I'll let you into secret. I don't know of one seed on earth that does that blossoms until it's put in a dark place. God births all his greatest dreams, greatest scents, greatest seeds. And oh, I know you've got 15 more years of nappy changing, you've got a few things to do in between times, that's all right, don't panic. Take your time, enjoy your babies, enjoy your days. Don't think, oh, I should be, I got a dream. 16 years, Abraham gets, you're getting a boy No, he didn't, he just got the trailer. It was 16 years, I believe, before the boy shows up. Come on. Your premier is on its way. Come on. I woke up last Friday, 66, celebrating my birthday. 150 people faced me saying, hope you're having a wonderful time. I didn't reply because I was lying in a very dark place. For 14 hours, battling asthma. One person found out they said, We're in a tough time. I said, Oh, no, 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 no. I've learned the secret of the dark place. I've learned when you're in a dark place, all you need to do is look through the wall. Come on. I spent 14 hours looking through the wall. That was, I can assure you, so much better than half the duff presents I got. (laughs) Some of those presents you don't want to get a bed for. People say the heart was in it. No, it wasn't. Just joking, by the way, eh? Calm down. So, but so here's the thing. God asked me to come today because he's going to send a caravan today. I think the America, I Googled Pixabay and it said trailer, but I think that's a camper van. Eh, it's faking it. It's fake news. Or it might even be called a, a caravan. But I like the word trailer. I like all the words. So when I use the word caravan, I'm using the same word. But I saw in the Spirit a caravan come by once more. To you and you and you. To everybody. A Holy Spirit caravan sent to take you through the world today. You've been on the wrong side of the wall long enough, beating yourself up and thinking, I know good. You prayed hard, you fasted hard, you did everything right, and yet you still wake up in the morning feeling like the worst person, and you feel this, this. But the Holy Spirit told me, because what happened? If you go to Egypt, the pyramids in Egypt, some people are looking at me like I'm talking Chinese. I thought this was the only church that didn't need an interpreter, But Gordon's eyes are cross-eyed just now. So, what did God do when Joseph was in the pit? If you go to Egypt, there's pits everywhere for good things. But there's a trail. There's a trail that runs all the way past the pyramids. It's like a highway for all the traders. In Syria and Israel, there's 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 a winding trail, a highway there. That's where all the traders go the pit that Joseph put in had to be the one that was right beside the highway. How else could they have heard them? You might feel you're in the pit today, but if you flip the switch, it don't matter whether you're in a pit or not, as long as you're beside the highway of the high king and he's coming by. So what does God send? to flip Joseph at the pit. A caravan. A caravan. It says in the Word of God somewhere. So, it came about, Joseph was stripped of his tunic, and they took him and they threw him in the pit. pit was empty, no water in it. When they sat down to eat a meal, they raised their eyes And looked, and behold, a caravan. A caravan, a caravan of Ishmaelites was coming. A caravan. You don't have to fight this on your own, guys. You don't have to struggle another day. He sees you in the pit. He sees you side the highway, and the caravan is on its way. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. And it's coming today. He's sending his caravan just for you today. A caravan of Ishmaelites. And it says this. The brothers put a price on his head. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. The caravan is designed to take you through the wall to the premiere of your movie. And as I lay in the dark on my 66th birthday on the other side of the wall. I got a download of what he wanted me to do because I thought my premiere landed at Manchester United. I thought my premiere landed here. No, 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 no. Today, your premiere movie lands. And he switched on the movie of what he wants me to do for the next 24 years. And this is the start of it today, and you poor geysers have got to suffer it. <laughs> Come on, support the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, he's got, a, he's got a premier in his caravan for you. I know it's been tough. I know nobody believes you. I know nobody gets you. Nobody got Joseph, but I'm telling you right now, will you welcome the caravan of the Holy Spirit today? 20 bucks. Now, I'm going to share three things very quickly. I believe any one of these things I'm going to be bold enough to say. I'll tell you what. Scots are great at playing themselves down. Come on. Even preachers, they play themselves down. I ain't going to do that today. I'm going to share the three best things you've ever heard in your flipping life. (laughs) And if you've heard better ones, send them to me tonight because I need them. Any one of these bombs, I promise you, you apply it, it'll take you through the wall. It'll take you through the wall. The very first one is this Take a step today through the wall. Take a step of faith through the wall leave the trailer, leave the cabbages, leave the difficulties, leave the circumstances, but step through the wall of your fears, your doubts, your anxieties. Just take a faith leap and step through the wall. You could use other language like step back into your anointing. How do you step through the wall? You get into God's presence and you worship him. I don't care if it takes you 14 hours on your birthday like me. It takes me that long because my faith is so weak. You guys got stronger faith. You could probably do it in one hour. But I'm asking you today, whatever you need to do, get back into his presence and get into his anointing until the anointing comes and take that flipping step through the wall. Because when you step through the wall, you're going to see a hand With you in the middle of his love. In that same passage in Isaiah, said he has kept you, he's kept you hidden for the premier. You praise and you worship until the anointing comes. When the anointing comes, step through the wall, ask him to show you what's on the other side of the wall and live there. Don't go back to the trailer. Facebook's brilliant because you get all these people that put up 1960 songs and 1960 football black and white pictures and all kinds of things. And I love it because I like that music. But I can only visit for a little minute because I, I don't belong there no more. I don't belong to no man. The people that live there are people that don't have a vision. And if you don't have a vision, you're going to end up a ranger supporter. <laughs> That's what you call perishing up here, by the way. And when you step through the wall, if you do nothing else, guys, let him show you once again. You've forgotten what it was like. Let him show you his limitless love, his limitless power. Let him show you the army of angels on your behalf, the plans he has for you, the places he's going to take you, and the people he's going to bring to you. People say to me, Oh, you're retired. No, I've not done my first shift yet. I've just been in the training center. I'm just getting started. And I hope you've got enough faith left in you to wake up tomorrow morning and say, I'm just gonna get started. Oh my word, the second one very quickly. <laughs> this is opposite. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell my church. This is completely opposite to what I've been teaching for 40 years. Oh, my God. But it's all right. It might be in the Bible. Quit fighting your giant. I'm a fighter. Well, I pretend to be a fighter. I'm actually about bit softy, but I like to think I'm a fighter, but I'm not. I'm soft as pie. And I've fought giants all my life. But there's a time to fight giants. And there's a time to step through the wall. And David, David, he's, he's just wiped the Philistines to pieces. The most evil, worst army on the earth. David has just wiped them out. And the Bible says, as beautifully it says in 2 Sam two something, 2 Psalm 523, it says, you know, David, what happened was it was like the boxing. Did anybody watch the boxing last night? White and Parker. Anybody watch that? Oh, you Christians, then not watch television, right? Okay. White from Brixton. You know. He, 20 seconds to go and they knock him down. Oh my, he, he's winning the whole fight. 20 seconds to go and they knock him down. But he gets back up. David thought the Philistines were done. 20 seconds to go. He turns round. They're back on their feet. And they're coming back for a second fight. So inquires of God. This is exactly what he said. God, I clocked them before. Shall I just go down and clock them again? God said the weirdest thing ever. He said, no. I want you to go and hide in the bushes hide, go in the back of the bushes and hide some oh no, hide he's like king, the man this is my moment I've seen the trailer I've done the premiere and you're asking me to hide again don't panic when God It just looks like how many have you been in that moment that moment you think, you beauty. I got that phone call. I got that job. I got that check on my arm. I got that deal. This is it. I am made. I'm going to wipe the floor with the universe. I'm, I'm the business. I'm the business. And that's where David was at. And anytime we get to that place, God said, okay, we're just going to hide you for a little, a little bit longer. Because I've got one more thing to show you, David. You've learned many, many things. I know you're king, but I've got something to show you. And he takes him round. And David's hiding in the bushes like a wee... You can't say a wee lassie anymore, eh? He's hiding in the bushes like a wee gender. (laughs) Whatever they are. He's hiding there. He's hiding there. He's hiding there. He's hiding there. Until... Until... The moment comes when he hears what's going on on the other side of the wall, and he begins to see what's going on on the other wall. He hears the rustling of the marching feet on the top of the mulberry trees. He begins to, God is like he's saying, David, you're doing brilliant, but you're still not through the wall. I've got to show you, there's times you have to fight, but there's other times You quit fighting the giant because if it wasn't for the giant, David would have never been king. Come on. Some of the biggest giants in your life are the things that are going to make you because they're going to drive you to your knees, drive you back into anointing, drive you back into faith. There's some giants, but you need to know which one to fight because God, I believe, has said, guys, some of you are knackered in here. You like to say that in Dundee, Gordon? Good butcher's word, eh? Some of you are knackered. You're exhausted. You're fighting giants. You're trying to fight that thing, that depression, that thing that's been with you all your days. Quit it. Stop fighting that giant. Stop it. Just get in the bushes with Jesus. Just get in the hiding place with Jesus. And wait until you hear the marching of the angelic army. Fighting On your behalf. And as soon as he heard what was going on on the other side of the wall, it says this. It says this in verse 24. That the Lord had gone out in front of them and clocked the Philistine army for them. Back off your giant. Stop worrying about it. Stop fearing about it. Back off it. Just go hide in the bushes. Hide in the bushes until you see and you hear what's on the other side of the wall. And guys, when the caravan comes today to take you through the wall, it's so you could see, literally see, the huge angelic army fighting your battles for you, even when you're sound asleep. Can we applaud the Lord Jesus Christ on that, guys? (laughs) Last one, quickly. Are we okay so far, Gordon? Here's the last one. It's my favorite one. Switch the price tag on your life once and for all. In line with the price tag he put on you. See, the thing is, he put a price tag on you. and You spend your life going, oh, man. How beautiful and expensive is that. That Ferrari, whoof, that jet airplane, whoofed Tunbury golf course. We we look at the price of these things. Not one of them altogether are worth your big toenail to God. The price he paid. Oh, come on, guys, young guys, I want you to get this. Because if you don't know he loves you that much, if you don't know the price he paid, if you don't know that, you're going to struggle all the flipping days of your life, like I have many times. Because sometimes you let somebody sneak up and change the price tag on your forehead. 20 bucks for Joseph, good deal. Jesus, in his last days, 20 bucks for Jesus. Jesus. Why didn't that sink Joseph? Because I personally believe Joseph was one of the few men in the Bible that didn't let that 20 bucks tag stick. Come on, guys. And here's the worst thing. Some of us have sneaked up on ourselves and switched the tag. We've switched the price tag. Many, many, many years ago, Tony Campolo wrote a brilliant book called Who switched the price tags? Anybody read that book? Oh, my goodness me. They don't watch telly in Dundee, and they don't read Gordon. We've got a problem, man. So, anyway, I want to ask you a question. The world put 20 bucks on Jesus' head. The world put 20 bucks on Joseph's head. What's the world put on your head? What did that boss say to you? What did that person say to you? What did the you know, your mother, she didn't mean it, but she said to you, what did that brother say to you? What price is sitting on your head since you were seven years of age? Somebody here is five. Somebody here is three. When that wife left you, what price did you put on? When a woman left my dad with four bearings during the war, I thank God he didn't stick with the 20 buck price tag. He knew he had Irish blood in them, which is royal blood that produces more children than the Muslims. And he went on to have another 13 children, but if he hadn't, if he had let the devil keep that loser price tag on, he said, I would not be here. Guys, the Holy Spirit's sending a caravan of angels to you today to take that price tag off your forehead and put the price tag back on your forehead that Jesus stuck on you. Come on! I want to encourage you guys. Please don't, listen to this, stop chasing success. Stop chasing your next breakthrough. Stop chasing your next miracle. I'm going to ask you to do one single thing. Change your value. And when you do that, all the success, come on, all the breakthroughs, all the victories you need are going to come chasing you. They're going to come chasing you. They're going to come chasing you. I'll say it again, because it's kind of important. It kept me awake at three o'clock this morning, along with a little bit of aged constipation, but you don't want to hear that. We all got to go through bits, Gordon. No, just me, man. So, the price tag... And by the way, I can tell the price tag on anybody's forehead, honestly, no joke, by their posture, by their posture. You watch Ronaldo walking on the park, what do you think the price tag that punk's got on his head? You watch the royal family coming off the airplanes, ambassador of Russia, you see check it, the posture. A young player came to me. Young professional player came a few months. He's not getting a game from a rubbish team. He's not getting a game. And he walks in. And I could tell the price tag on his forehead. I call it mince. Mince. Because he walked like mince. He looked like mince. And he didn't smell like mince. He's six feet three. He walked in like five feet six. Shoulder down. Hiding his eyes in a fringe. I could tell the problem. He said, Pastor, I need training and prayer and 101 things. I said, no, I need to change your posture, son. That's all. That's all I'm going to do. And I said, if I change your posture, success will come changing you. If I change your posture to the value he put on you, a royal son of a royal king. Come on. I spent 30 minutes, 30 minutes, no more, changing his posture. Showing him what a price tag like, a looks like, what a royal son looks like, how a royal son breathes. The next day, the manager called him in and said, you're playing today. But I'd said to this young boy, what's your dream? He says, I want to play for Scotland. I thought, you're not playing for the worst team in Scotland and you want to play for Scotland? Six weeks later, I never saw him. But I heard about him on the news chosen to play for Scotland against England in a World Cup qualifier only a few months ago. Come on, guys. I just, excuse me using, you know, these kind of illustrations, but, but I'm not clever enough to use better ones. But I truly believe it's gospel. They put 20 bucks on Jesus. They put 20 bucks on... My question is, who put the mince tag on you? But I I got this last little revelation, I'll finish, then we'll move on. You see, the crown of thorns was put on his head, and the blood ran down his forehead to let you know the price on your head is not 20 bucks, it's his blood. Come on, I'll say it again. The crown of thorns, the blood ran down his head to let you and I know you must never settle for a 20-buck price tag. The price he put on you was his very own blood. And if you value yourself as mince, his whole body was minced. Cut, bruised, chopped, whipped. It was minced. But the crown of thorns went on his head so that you could flip the thing and wear your crown that he gave you to rule and reign with the rest of your days. And as the blood ran down there, it's so the blood could wash you whiter than snow and he could wash that price tag you stuck on your head, that mince, that no good mother, that no good wife, that no good person, that no good whatever they stuck on you. In the next three minutes, the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus is just going to wash that thing right off your forehead. And if you get a revelation, a revelation, if you get no other revelation in your life but you get this, that the crown and the blood ran so that the price on your head, you would never forget the rest of your days, the greatest price in history. In other words, when he went into the showroom, he said to a couple of the angels, you think we got a cut deal here? And the angel said, yeah. And Jesus was cut. He was cut for you. And in his eyes, he got a cut deal. You're a bargain. So why you got that bargain basement thing on your forehead? That business opportunity not come for you, that thing. Listen, listen, listen. If you stop chasing it and just work on your value, I promise you, all the success, all the breakfast, all the resources you need will come chasing you. My wife hasn't quite got this. She's into anti miracles. Do you know what I mean? Women are great, they've got to see the greenbacks, they've got to see the proof. Two weeks ago, I said, sweetheart, things are changing, the caramans coming by, we're never gonna have financial problems again. <laughs> and I opened their bank book, and three and a half thousand pounds is in their bank book, from nowhere, we don't know. I go to the bank, I said, there's been a mistake. No mistake, Mr. Dowds, this is like, this is what you call a pension rebate that your wife is due my wife loves anti Miracles. I'm, I'm bouncing off the walls. <laughs> I hear her on the phone. You made a mistake. No, I made a mistake. Put me through your boss. You made a mistake. That money's not mine. She kept going through everybody she could until she found somebody that says, all right, we made a mistake. Give us the money back. <laughs> <laughs> I want to encourage you guys. Sometimes you just gotta go through a few yeah. little anti miracles before you get to the premiere. But I want to finish with this. God asked me to come and tell you, you don't have to live in the trail no more. You don't have to live on that side of the wall no more. You see, you've been called to live by faith, not by sight. And we battle and struggle because we live by sight instead of living by faith. But we're going to sing. Would you guys be okay if we close with that? A little bit more coffee, please? You're okay with that? Just a little bit, because I want you to stand. And as this this playing we're singing, I'm going to just pray that the caravan, the Holy Spirit caravan would come once more to you once more, once more, he sees the price tag. He sees it. This is the end of your teaching for this week. We hope you enjoyed it.